0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Capitalist Investor, a very special episode. As always, you got myself, Diamond Hands D, and the boys, Tony the Tiger and Cool Hand Luke. What's going on, guys? Hey, man.
1: I'm pumped. Half-time it's Prime Show. Day. It's oh. Prime Day. I spent six hundred dollars. Oh, Bought a lot of protein. I'm jacked up. You did the it. Juice. Ex- explain what really happened. It's not you. You was a household friend. My girlfriend. My girlfriend. Bought most of the stuff. I bought $150 worth of protein, lifting supplements, (laughs) and earbuds. I'm trying to get back in shape. So yeah, my girlfriend. Just remember. If you're you're listening to this, Anna, please stop spending money. (laughs) Please start saving a little bit. I'd appreciate that.
2: And hey, Luke, and just remember that losing weight and getting in shape is 80% of your diet. Correct. Mm So Taco Bell? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Your, your, your addiction to spam? Yeah. Spam!
0: I love
1: spam. <laughs> spam
2: can't be good for you. Our so. viewers have to love spam.
1: Spam is one of the iconic symbols of America. Oh, yeah.
2: Spam and eggs. It's capitalism. Is a good time. A spam sandwich. <laughs> yeah.
1: What do we got today?
0: <laughs> Luke, I think Luke took a lot of those supplements this morning. <laughs> right. He's all jacked up. All right. Well, so uh, as Tony mentioned last week, uh, we're going to do some halftime predictions here. So about halfway through the year. So we'll talk, you know, market, inflation, Fed, some wild card. So we'll just kind of go through and uh, talk about what we see for the second half of the year. So with that said, I think we should probably start with uh, the market. So I got, I think the s and is up roughly 15, 16 percent this year. Uh, one of my favorite numbers is that the equal-weighted S&P, um, so if you take all the 500 stocks and uh, give them equal weight, that index is up about five and a half six percent 6%. So uh, that essentially means that much of the gains have been driven by about six or seven stocks. So what do you guys see from here? Um you know, higher, lower, about the same. What do we think? Like a game show back <laughs>
1: yeah. in the day, higher, or lower.
0: Uh,
2: that's part of like uh the prices. Prices right. right probably. Price yeah, price you right. got <laughs> you got that little guy climbing up the mountain. That's oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> the yodeler, the, Yoda Lord. Da- the Yoda <laughs> going up. <laughs> way it's Jeopardy. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that, oh yeah. my gosh, I am off. All right. So the one thing I heard is that um the Nasdaq index, uh Nasdaq 100 index is going to next Friday. They're obviously know that um, the, that index is propped up by seven stocks and they are going to rebalance. Um, that means they're going to sell the, the, the top seven and, and redistribute. I don't know mm-hmm. to what degree there has not been. They just said they're going to do it. So next Friday should be a real interesting, uh, interesting day, uh, maybe a negative day in the NASDAQ because of all the sell uh you know power and things like that and That's who smart. knows maybe that helps maybe it gives a you know a breath of fresh air and and lets some people who haven't got into the action get in the action well, i don't know well the key
1: know. you have to think about is are the other 400 you know 93 stocks in the S&P and the other 95 stocks in the Qs, the nasdaq 100 are those going to carry the market higher the next six months, or is it going to carry the market lower the next six months? Because if the Nasdaq one hundred rebalances, it gives more power to the small guys, right? So what's going to happen with the small guys? You know, are they going to continue to float, just do nothing essentially, like they have, or are they going to move actually a direction? That's kind of the question you got to answer there. I,
2: I, I mean, I'll kind of hit on on this. Like it's kind of part of my wild card, but think think of it. Think of it this way, and let's just go back in time. Yeah, it's January first of twenty twenty one. The S and P was at uh, thirty eight hundred. Today, uh, July twelfth, it is of twenty twenty three. So about two and a half years later, it's at four forty five or forty four fifty. Forty four fifty. That is a seventeen percent increase. If I would have told you back on one one of twenty one that in. Uh, Interest rates across the board would go from 3 to 7%, maybe even higher. Maybe we're closing, approaching 8% on mortgages. Inflation, that everything from this point on will be 20% higher permanently.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And inf- inflation will outpace um, wage growth. Do you think you would expect the market to be up 17%? Mm, absolutely not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, so, okay, my favorite let me bring up this stat two thousand and five Michael everyone's seen the big short. A lot of people have been seen the big short. Yeah. Um, probably that's listening to this as well. Michael Burry, you know the guy who basically did the big short in wow. real life um he was wrong for two and a half years. He started shorting buying the you know collateral debt obligation, or you know shorting you know through his uh derivative you know on bonds essentially. In 2005, it took three years almost for that to start actually paying off. And the two and a half years, he was actually losing a lot of money. He lost 18%, I believe, in 2006 when the S&P was up 10%. Mm-hmm. So that's why he lost a lot of investors. He, was, he had to fire half of his staff. He went to a deep depression because he knew he was right. But in the end, he, he was right. But he mm-hmm. lost a lot in, in between there. Um, it's okay to be wrong. You can't
2: stay wrong. Correct. <laughs>
1: Correct. And he ended up making 200% or doubling, tripling his money in 2008. So anyway, right. so Tony, you're saying, how could this be happening? Well, this could be happening for a while. Maybe you be. are right. Maybe we are right. Maybe that things aren't looking too hot and pretty. But we'll see. We'll find out in the end. <laughs>
2: we, we will find out. We will <laughs> what is
1: find it? You out. mess around and you find out? Yeah, I think yeah, it's something, something more different. Something,
2: something <laughs> a little bit more uh, not safe for work kind of mm, stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I mean the market I mean inflation is decelerating it's still going up um it's still three percent uh and, and I assume that you know inflation will be about three percent by the end of the year I think it's still around like five yeah um GDP has been decelerating it's still positive um but you know inflation is decelerating positive news for the market right uh, even though everything's up 20 percent. For, over the last couple of years and going to permanently stay there. GDP is decelerating. Uh, it's still positive, uh, but, again, that's
1: positive news if it goes negative because that means they're going to cut. What about um, consumer credit? We haven't talked about consumer credit. Um, they were expecting $20 billion added to consumer revolving credit like last month. I believe Only it. like $4 billion was added. Hmm. So it was oh. a huge mess that nobody's really talking about. So why is that? Is what, what, the what, consumer no, this, so, finally so, pulling back? Yeah, is that what that means? So, that like no one's spending so money. Everyone is expecting debt to go up because people are still spending money on credit. Maybe they're maxed out. So are they maxed <laughs> out? Are they paying back credit and actually not spending on credit anymore? Like, are no, they?
2: They're definitely. They, not think they, that. tapped out. <laughs> they, they're 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 they want to spend. Right. They just don't have the money to. I think so. They're maxed out. I think so. So
1: that was a big signal.
2: And, and but now that that's where it comes in. We, I, you know, they talk about how there's been a lot of sales growth, uh, the last few quarters. Sales are up, but margins are down. You know, we're we're talking about negative, um, you know, earnings growth, not sales growth. Earnings growth is is expected to be again minus six percent. It was supposed to be like that last quarter, and. It was like there flat. was a, there was yeah it wasn't it wasn't as as bad as they said. I think it was down one or two, Yeah, It no? wasn't bad at all. Yeah. Uh but they're expecting it to be bad again. Margin compression is not good. That means companies are going to have to make significant changes and it's probably going to start with you know, sale uh, you know the the decrease of of workers. They're going to start firing people. Um but I don't know if anyone cares until they lose their job. Uh and You know, interest rates are up. They're going to continue to go up. I mean, I kind of we'll talk about the Fed here in a minute, but interest rates are, you know, across the board going to be around seven or eight percent on home equity lines, on mortgages, and that's that's crazy to me too. Um, Such the high increase in interest rates. I don't know if everyone has come to terms with it yet. I don't don't know if anyone's really experienced it. Well, that's why
1: it takes about a year. It takes about a year for interest rates to fully cycle through the economy. Right. So by that math, we're only back to where the Fed was about a year ago, a year and a half ago, which was basically 2%. Right.
2: I mean, I'm going to get the sticker shock one day I don't plan on selling my house, but if interest rates are. I got mine at a crispy like two point seven percent. You can never sell it. You got to rent it. I know. I mean, something's got to happen.
1: That's um, the problem. If the I'm road. not
2: trying to buy a car, and I know those interest rates are could be very high when I get, you know, get on the lot. You yeah, know my
0: like. lease is up in uh, January, so I started oh, looking. No. Yeah, oh, no. it's not. It's not good. Wow, But Kia Soul is it's a fine car. So might where- be, it might be tough to fit the whole family in, but. It's probably where I'm headed. Is that where you're going? <laughs> is that is that with like the mouse? The, no, the, the Kia Souls, Yeah, the very small mouse. <laughs> the mouse
1: dancing, gerbils. The gerbils, gerbils, gerbils jump jumping in and out of the car. The mice.
2: Yep. Um. So heading into that, like, so like the Fed, you know, like let's talk about interest rates really quick. So, you know, the CME came out and said that there's probably a 90 percent chance that there'll be a hike in July. Like it's almost a done deal. Yeah. Um. Now it's going to be. You know, looking at Bloomberg this morning, it's going to be a, you know, a coin flip if they do it any more in the second half. And I think it's all going to be well, according to J Powell data dependent. But
1: well, what always amazes me is that the beginning of this year, we we're pricing two or three rate cuts. Cuts. Like we were going to cut mm-hmm. two or three times. Right. Higher for now. Longer. The Higher. cuts are completely off the table. We Hi- might be hiking
2: two or three times. I don't think the. I don't. I think there might be one. Maybe. There's definitely one going to happen. It's 90% chance. Yeah, I One, I agree. one hike, maybe two, I, maybe three. I think two is going to be a 50-50, but the thing is is that it's going to be higher for longer. They're going to sit there. Yeah. No cuts. I mean, maybe maybe if we get a negative GDP in, in the third and fourth quarter and we actually go into a
1: technical recession, maybe they, maybe they cut. Well, the other thing we have to pay attention to that our investment team is constantly paying attention to is that back in March – March of this year, things started to break, right? And that was with the Fed funds rate at 4.5% or so. If we're going upwards of 6%, you can't tell me there's nothing else going to break, right? So we got to pay attention to that and position our portfolios around, you know, some parts of the economy and system that's looking a little frothy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know the banks all passed their, you know, their... The big
1: banks, but what about this? I, I know, banks, that's yeah. where I
2: was going to go. Like, what happens to, to these these regionals, I believe they have to, to beef up their um their reserves. Yeah. So, and that's... That's a hit. That hits around. That's ranks. scary. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, so uh, they're they're probably less able to compete with the bigger banks on on money market CDs, things like that. So,
1: and when competition's light, all it hurts is the consumer in the end. Yeah, big banks are able to continue to screw you over.
0: So, what do we think? Market up down? We're tr- kind of getting into some yeah, of the right, other right, topics. So, right.
1: market will be. I think market ends lower from here.
0: All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go lower. I, I just
2: I, – I feel we've ran up so much.
1: We're up, like like Tony said, 40% on the NASDAQ Qs, like the 100, which isn't like the true NASDAQ index. But the mm-hmm. Qs are up like 40% from the bottom. s and is up like now 18, 16% or so, 17%, Maybe 18% from the bottom. At a good year, even when – coming off of a bad market, you can see 10%, right? So I think we got some mean reversion. Margin compression to handle. Like you said I, th- I
2: think the margin compression is going to start eating in um, consumer. You're gonna. I think you're going to hear more about the consumer um, stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, them not spending is going to be popping up a lot in, in in the second half of the year. Um, I mean, I go to Costco and I get pissed off. <laughs> just, I can't get over that experience. Like mm-hmm. I, it's twenty to twenty five
1: percent higher. Girlfriend goes on Amazon and I get pissed off.
2: <laughs> well,
0: I think all the money you save, though.
1: Oh, $100 <laughs> I saved from 25% discounts?
2: It's, you just have to have a sit-down, man. And <laughs> have a sit-down. <laughs> yeah, have a sit-down and have a, have a heart-to-heart.
1: Is that the dad advice? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's relationship advice, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, basically. Whatever you want to call it.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, point number two. So the Fed. So kind of. I guess this one we can kind of we'll talk about it, but we should. You want to land? Bo- it's on- the
2: most boring one of all. Yeah. Like, I, like I mentioned, the the CME said that there's a ninety percent uh, chance of a hike in July. Um, Powell's wants a two percent inflation rate. <laughs> Good luck, dude. Like we're <laughs> at we're we're at like five still. Maybe we get to three by the end of the year, uh, and, and maybe he pulls the parachute. But I think by the time we get to three, I mean GDP could be negative.
1: Well, what's everyone? Everyone's talking about deflation possibly happening. We, once we get below two, are we going negative? And in deflation in history, the only time really it's happened is back in the Great Depression, right? Because deflation means that the economy is completely cooling down, and and people aren't spending money at all, right? Right. So there's two theories out there. One deflation is going to put us into a Great Depression type scenario. The other one is that deflation is going to be a good thing. It's going to get prices back to basically where we were pre-COVID, <laughs> or, or on the same track, mean reversion back to where inflation would be pre-COVID. Well, I look,
2: look at, I'll, I'll, you know, look at the Fed's gun. It's locked and loaded. They can unload six hundred basis points, also or five, well, five $6
1: trillion dollars of on their balance sheet too. <laughs> they still have to unload. They don't have to.
2: They don't have to. But right.
1: I mean, you want to live in a non-capitalistic <laughs> system the rest of your life?
2: Well, I mean, that's the game they're playing.
1: Basically, central bank owns everything. Mm. That's a bad. That's a bad. It's
2: scenario. it's bad. I know it's bad, but um, but they have bullets to cut rates, and so uh, as we've been raising rates, the the the, the 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 theme has always been don't fight the Fed, you know, and that's when they start cutting rates. Like don't fight the Fed, you know, like like invest. Well, <laughs> you would think the opposite. Okay, they're raising rates, maybe I don't invest, but that didn't work out cuz the market's up 20%. Right? And yeah. so like if they start cutting it's because something's like really bad.
1: Yeah. Like so, things are broken at that point.
2: Um And
1: historically the market so drops you, a lot when 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 they go into a rate cutting cycle, the market The drops market drops
2: a lot. like 20%. The
1: only right? scenario where the market basically makes it out of this okay and untouched is that the Fed pauses at six and a half, seven percent percent for like 10 years. That's the only scenario the market gets back on track forever. Historically, if you use history as a basis. That's a lot of strain. That's a lot of strain. And that's also assuming that the Federal Reserve t- gets everything perfect. Like, they get the perfect Fed funds rate for the economy that doesn't put us into a recession, that lets the economy drift for the next 5 or 10 years and get back sinking together. That's assuming that all happens. I don't see how that's possible.
2: Everything everything to this point has been built on zero interest rates, you know, or close to, like super low single digits. Now we're rocking high single digits. Yeah. How,
1: how do we, and it happened so fast. Because we didn't take into account the consumer and the access to credit. And I mean, I know we talk about that all the time. It, it gets boring talking about it. But the only, the only thing that we don't account for in today's world is how stubborn we are as consumers. The fact that we do go on Amazon Prime Day and spend $500 or whatever it be. We like need to.
2: We're a, we're
1: a nation of consumers. Materialistic consumers. We, we don't build anything. Right. <laughs> we spend. And that's concerning because when you have $1 trillion of outstanding revolving debt, and then you can go up to $6 trillion. There's $5 trillion left somewhere, somewhere in the economy, somehow, some way. So the c- the,
2: the consumer is part of the puzzle to me. The biggest puzzle piece to me is, is the, you know, I would say mid to small businesses. They are, they're all levered. And if they're levered and things get tough. There's not going to be jobs for people to go buy stuff on Amazon. That that is my biggest concern. I, yeah, the consumer can slow down and you know stop spending for a few quarters, but they ain't spending nothing when they lose their job.
1: The other thing no that's what about, I, that is the biggest concern of mine. So the money flows through the economy. We give five hundred dollars to Amazon. Amazon then they takes that five hundred dollars and puts it into either someone else's pocket or invest it somewhere else. Right? I don't know many companies investing heavily right now. Into future growth or hiring people, they're they're firing people. So what's happening is the money we're spending right now is getting hoarded. by the Right. Companies.
2: Well, and and but let, let me let me play devil's advocate because ADP said we just gained a bunch of jobs, right? But I will say on this is that most of those jobs were low paying seasonal help. Right. Um, there was actually a decline in more of the high paying permanent white collar jobs. So. When fall and winter rolls around, what's gonna what's that gonna look like? Yeah. So,
0: anyway, all right. How did you, so you, if we're <laughs> at... Derek, where are you at? <laughs> Is Derek here. So it's hard to get a word in edgewise why sometimes. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think we've we've hit all the uh, hit all the points on this one. So if we're at you know, let's just call it five and a quarter right now because um, you know, that's gonna happen here uh, very soon. Do you think will be the the that Fed funds rate will be higher, or lower, or the same towards the end of the year? Higher,
1: higher. We're ending. We're definitely going up for
2: this next quarter, and I I I'd be surprised if he doesn't hike again because he, he uh, Powell the Fed wants a two percent inflation. Hey,
1: rate. even though we didn't expect the market to be up this much, maybe by the, be- at the beginning of this year, we were right about the Fed Fed rate hikes. We've we been mm-hmm. right about that for a year and a half. Yeah, they weren't yeah. stopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it, when
2: they're cutting and inflation. Kidding? Yeah, yep. they've been talking about cuts like. Maybe I mean there's still a lot of there's six months left to this year. A lot of things can happen. Mm-hmm. A lot of wild cards out there, which we'll kind of talk about. But and what about inflation?
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm going to say higher from here. I'm going to go five seven five at the end of the year. That's where oh, that's wow. where we'll be. Wow,
2: you think we we'll, you think we're going to get a spike Rebound. in inflation because it's
1: it, it's pacing to be around. The oh,
0: way. I'm sorry, that was my Fed Fed fund. Oh, rate. your Fed prediction. fund rate. Yeah, okay. What were what were your guys inflation. Uh, my so fed, fed funds
1: my fed funds rates at six percent six by the end of the year yeah
2: yeah five 550 to 600
0: all right so inflation so i'll just set it up here a little bit um so <clears throat> Ooh, do, do, do they do they cut by the end of the
2: year no no, no, no. i know
0: Nate, luke luke said no i say no
2: Derek, no
1: no cut right? beginning of next year 2024 Okay, hopefully yeah. no cuts like i said if they perfectly get it which i doubt
0: i do think they want to keep it below six but you know we'll see what happens there yep so, yeah, we, we mentioned a few of the inflation numbers as, we, as, we, as we've gone through here. The, um, it just printed at uh, 3% year over year. Um, but also keep in mind, um, this time last year, that number was 9.1%. <laughs> so the inflation is slowing down, but it's still on top of already huge inflation. So that, that's where we're at. Um, you know, a key component, we've talked about the housing, you know, basically shortage at this point. Um, you can't buy anything if you want something, you know, that's, and that's keeping prices high. Uh, the rent actually though, uh, the rent number actually dropped this month from, uh, it's to eight, 7.83 from a little over 8%. So, um, these, so it's 7.8, 7.8. Yep. Woof.
1: Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Yep. Um, I think that inflation ends probably around three percent where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think it's gonna it's, I think it should be hard for us to get below two percent by the end of this year. I think we're gonna remain drift here. We had a big drop from nine to three and I think we're gonna coast here right around two and a half to three percent um into the end of this year. And everyone's so pumped
2: about three percent. Remember like I would say from what, like maybe twenty sixteen through 2021, maybe or or, or maybe 20, through 2020, yeah. inflation was zero to one percent.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And now we're talking. Now we're we're doing backflips for five to three. percent We're doing
1: backflips with three percent inflation while some people are getting fired while wages aren't keeping up with three percent inflation. Yeah, that's
2: another problem. Wage you inflation. Wage inflation is not keeping if, up with real inflation.
1: If you have a nine percent inflation rate, but everyone's making ten percent more money, that's fine in the end in a healthy economy, strong economy. But the fact that all this strong economy was artificial, <laughs> not from necessarily the economy being all hot by itself, it was printed trillions of dollars. And the fact that now wages aren't keeping up, this is bad, that's bad.
2: Yeah, I, I, for, I, I did this research and so some of the numbers are a little bit crude because I did it maybe six months ago. But like, think about housing. Housing makes up about about 15% of our GDP. Right. But there's 50% are existing homes and 50% are new homes. Yeah. Existing homes is dead as a doornail. Because if at a 3% interest rate, a $400,000 house, the interest would have cost you $200,000 over 30 years. So that $400,000 house over 30 years would cost you six hundred today at a 7.7% interest rate that $400,000 house cost you a million dollars or $600,000 of interest yeah. so what the gain the so the existing selling an existing home is is dead because no one's getting out of their 3% or even 4% interest rate to jump into a New seven seven, <laughs> um, and but the but but and and I think the year over year decline in in existing home sales is like twenty percent, but the existing year over year for new homes is up twenty percent because these builders are buying down the rates.
1: I'm gonna use a term here. I think where there's gonna be a super cycle in housing. Oh
0: boy. Hmm, that's fancy yeah
1: explain what that means. <laughs> so everyone talks about commodity supercycle you know that's kind of the term they use the supercycle for but what basically what it means is that we're gonna come out of this at some point in the next five, 10, 15, 20 years and get a huge rise in more in um, in the housing prices um basically like we did for 13 years from 2009 to 2022 um, and I think that's because there's no supply we talk about there's gonna be no supply. You know, Blackstone, Black Rockstone, everything. People not selling their house because, you know, they're not buying new houses um, at higher rates. But this is a longer-term issue. A lot of these mortgages are 30-year mortgages, right? right? So whether or not you're leaving it now or not, you're you're hunkering down and and staying. Even 5, 10 years down the road, as the economy gets back on track and people feel comfortable, they'll probably never sell their house anyway. They'll just rent it. Everyone's not stupid. Everyone's kind of like financially more at least aware now than they ever have been. And they know that the rates are 2.5%. And even 5, 10 years down the road, ra- rates are still 4, 5, 6%. They're probably just going to be like, okay, I have some money in the bank now. The economy is good. I'm going to rent my house. I'm never going to sell it. So that's still no supply. People have to rent. So that's, uh, if there's no supply for the long term, housing prices could 50, 60% rise. Supp-
2: supply years. will happen when interest rates are back around 4, 4.5%. You think so? Absolutely. Because people are going to be like, I'm not going to bite the bullet at 75 But if that interest rate was 4.5%, And I really want to move and I really want a new house and I need a bigger house or whatever that might look like.
1: Yeah. So that is where the supply and demand will be broken. Maybe it's just the circles I'm in or the social media videos I'm always watching, but I'm always seeing the Grant Cardones and things like that. Talking about real estate, had to invest in real estate. I think, like you said, people are aware and people want to own real estate for rental properties. See, I think when interest rates get
2: down to four and a half percent, you will see more houses for sale and there will be more demand than supply. Or, or I'm yep. sorry, more, 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 more. There'll be more supply than demand, yep. and therefore crash. you might see not a crash, sure. but you're going to see a correction because I think a lot of houses are inflated by what maybe mm-hmm. 30, 30 to fifty percent over the last. I want two my house years. to keep going up. <laughs> Obviously, everyone does, and, and real estate has a history of, of doing this, but it also has a history of not these super high interest rates. And we also don't because talk we're, about- we're we're just thinking over the last twenty years. Yep. Because that's when all the like real estate stuff really started booming. Yep. Because yep. interest rates got
1: low. Um and all that. So there's two disconnects real quick I want to talk about. Sure. I didn't bring up the stat that mortgage mortgages right now are fifty percent over rents. So either mortgages have to come down temporarily, like you know, like you were talking about some sort of correction, or rents have to catch up. This is the one of the biggest disconnects we've ever seen between rents and new mortgages. Mm-hmm. The other thing is we, when it comes to housing and real estate, we don't talk about the difference in America between the birth rate and death rate. There's only 1% replacement right now, 1% growth uh, on top of the death rate compared to the birth rate in America. Yeah, it'll probably
2: accelerate. It'll probably go negative. So. Right.
1: And that's, and that's concerning because if you keep building real estate and there's people more people dying than there are born in the US, I guess we aren't accounting for immigration to the US. But outside of that, if growth rate slows, we don't need as much real estate. And so, that's an, another supply issue I, too. Yeah. So, the, there are things that out there happening. But if the real, all the real estate's owned by a certain amount of people, you know, a small group of people, yeah. then it's different. I, I just
2: think there's going to be a lot of supply when interest rates go down. That might be about two or three years. And if there's a lot of supply and no demand, then you're going to see prices going down so people can move their house.
1: Again, everything's simple supply and demand. Like, I don't know why we try to overcomplicate things.
0: Yeah, that's today. very true.
1: It, it's simple economics, <laughs> economics 101. If everyone just took it, Maybe Congress took it. We'd be in a different spot.
2: Yeah. Yep. Um, geopolitical. Let's trans- transition really quick. Um, keep this one nice and short. Uh, you got Russia, China, and Ukraine. You know, those are the big headlines. Whatever happened to North Korea? That dude fall off the planet? <laughs> Has he become a nice guy? That's an, an interesting point. We haven't heard much from him. <laughs> <laughs> is he a, he's is hanging a, out
1: with an NBA player. What's his name? Right, Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Rodman. <laughs> he's hanging out with him.
2: Yeah. He must not be testing missiles. Um, Trump's not there to. Put him on the main <laughs> stage. I have no idea. I've been
1: watching the interview. I watched the interview a couple weeks ago. It's, it's a, it's a, a highly underrated <laughs> movie. <laughs> <Great> movie. <laughs> wait, wait, which, which one? The interview. It's about Kim Jong-un, North Korea. And um, it's got like uh, oh my Seth, God. Seth Rogen and all and those Jonah guys. Jonah Hill. It's,
0: it's, yeah, it's good. Is it good? I don't know if I've <laughs> seen it. It's good. Oh, Jesus. James Franco. Um, James Franco, yeah.
2: Man, I, I don't know. It's so, James
0: Franco, not Jonah Hill. I, is I think a, Jonah's in there is too. He I think he's at the him? beginning. Yeah. He's one of the managers. Oh yeah, that's he's right. like
1: yelling
0: <laughs> at
2: the guy. Um, I don't know. No one likes us. <laughs> no one likes the United States. Speak for yourself. Um, I don't. I don't know a single country. that's like, man, <laughs> those are my buddies. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't get it. But with that being with that being said, though, um. The only th- this is gonna this is my conspiracy theory. Oh boy! Oh, here we but th- go. This is why I feel safe. <laughs> if they can hear that Titanic sub blow up two miles <laughs> under the ocean, our surveillance is on point.
1: Why are they watching you though? Don't I don't care.
2: I don't care if they're watching me. They're I, I want to make sure it. somebody's <laughs> watching me so they don't throw a missile <laughs> over here, man. That's what I. That's all I care about you know if they're watching me and what i do on tiktok or i'm not even on tiktok but instagram and facebook cool man whatever i'm going to continue to do what i'm going to do
1: oh, i wish we lived in a nice happy <laughs> world i am concerned that things are going to escalate that's another underrated point i think geopolitical Geopolit- stuff politics there. is something we kind of ignored it from a market standpoint and an economic standpoint one thing breaks there I mean, we, look what happened with the supply chain when Russia—the whole Russia thing—started happening. Mm-hmm. This whole supply chain got messed up. What's going to happen with China? Makes a move on Taiwan. We always talk about that. What happens if China and Russia continue to escalate things? What if Russia-Ukraine gets worse and worse? What if the whole nuclear plant over there everyone talks about gets blown up? Yeah, well, I'm they, just saying, like, when, if things escalate,
2: yeah, they're they're battling they're, for like these nuke plants and, and, on and things table. like this, and you know, Russia's cutting oil, yeah. um, Saudis are cutting oil, yet oil is still cheap did you see you know what that you know what that tells me is that because oil is one of the biggest um like futures you know oil futures is one of the best leading indicator and if if everyone's cutting oil and gas is still where it is like that means a upcoming slowdown economic slowdown did you see janet
1: yellen bowing to she oh yeah yeah I mean, wasn't even what she? That it looked like one show. of his, looked like one of his <laughs> like minions. What is Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, even she, yeah. It wasn't even him. It wasn't even him. Yeah, some other, whoever. Well, my point there is though, no. what does it tell you about subconsciously what's going on? That little clown like, one. We are, we are bowing down to China, <laughs> and China, who's it's respectful for them to bow, I guess, like in their culture, from mm-hmm. my understanding. Maybe that's Japanese. I think China too. But they didn't bow to us. We bowed to them. Right. I don't know. It's kind of interesting, the dynamic, subconsciously, what's going on there.
2: I mean, I saw a 10-second clip. I didn't see (laughs) the whole three days she was there. I don't know. I mean, the media, I don't trust what they're showing half the time. Do you think Donald Trump would bow? (laughs) I don't think he would go over there. (laughs) He'd be like, I'm going to sanction you guys to death. (laughs) That's what he would say, like... You sanctioned me, I sanctioned you. I don't know, man. What the hell was that? <laughs> I don't know, man. I I, I don't think get, D- Donald Trump would be playing some other mind games right
0: now or, or or political
2: games.
1: I feel like everyone's playing mind games with us and we're not playing mind games back. That's yeah, what, exactly. That's
0: exactly what's happening. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like the Ukraine's about ready to lose this, this war from what I've seen in the last week. Um, so... De-escalation is possible, I guess, by the end of the year, but it could also go the other way. <laughs> you know yeah. if, um, if they officially you know put up the white flag, there's only two, two possible outcomes from there. One is over, two World War III. <laughs> okay, so, th- so we, we gave them we,
2: we gave Ukraine billions and billions and billions of dollars. Did we get that money back since they lost the war? Oh, no. or, or or does Russia come in and scoop and just like what they did in Afghanistan, take all of our stuff? The obvious, like, there's no exit plan. Like, hey, we gave you all this like ammunition, all this money, all this stuff. Like, before you throw up the white flag, we're going to come in and get that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be like, like I said, Afghanistan? We're just like, hey, we're just here. Get, get on a plane, let's out. go.
0: <laughs> Leave it all behind, I, I,
2: dude. That, yeah, it's done. That, that's I mean, blows that, my mind.
0: you know, it's not really conspiracy theory at this point. You know, it's the military industrial complex that's what they're trying to do there hasn't been (laughs) enough big conflicts they had to get rid of all their get rid of all their stuff and make more you know it's a lot of this is about making money
2: yeah creating the war machine yep all right um all right wild card section what do you guys think (laughs) luke you should look you come come i'm gonna let start off with you man because i know you got the fire what's (laughs) what's what's the
1: tony i always got fire What's, what's 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 the wild card man Crypto. Let's talk crypto. Oh boy, <clears throat> um, big players are getting involved. We talked about the Bitcoin spot ETF as well as the exchange being created by some of these big institutions, like you know this you know, Goldman Sachs of the world. You know the big, big institutions, big banks. Um, this is also very similar to kind of what I brought up earlier um, in 2005 when Michael Burry was wrong for two years and then he was right. Um, what's interesting with Michael Burry is even when he was right for about like two to six months, somewhere in between there, his um, derivatives weren't being priced properly by the big banks until the big banks got on in the trade, right? So once the big players got involved, then he was finally, his derivatives were priced properly and he was able to profit off of, you know, the the, the market crashing real estate. Um, whenever big institutions get involved, I think it, it's something similar could be happening with crypto, specifically Bitcoin. Um, so I, I do think... When things go to crap in the economy, like we talk about, if they go to crap, I think when they go to crap, it's more of when, not if, um, you know, crypto could be there as like it was back in March when Bitcoin kind of rose a lot back in March because of the banking system collapsed, why it was created in the first place. Big institutions are now getting involved. It looks like the SEC is going to improve more things around crypto. Um, I think this is what... What is happening currently is why Bitcoin is created. I think big institutional players are getting in because of that. It's going to move. But
2: then the SEC come down and cramp down on like the Coinbase's of the world and things like that. Did they did they clamp down on because they were doing that stupid like coin staking it's actually stuff? The, opposite.
1: the past couple of weeks, like it's more information and news is around the opposite that yeah. they're actually being a lot more lenient. Coinbase is up like a hundred percent in the past like two weeks. Really? Yeah, because wow. some regulation news and things like that. Okay, so I think this is where. In the long-term regulation could be bad if they outright ban it, but if big institutions get involved, the likelihood of that happening decreases. Um, but regulation makes it easier access for the little guy, I guess.
2: Right uh, now, now I'm going to add to yours because I I think crypto could be interesting. Yeah, because of the regulation, the big boys getting in. I, you know, they've been talking about that for the last month or so. What if the um, just like we saw, like the small banks, crypto blew up. When the small, when some of these small regional banks blew up, you know, like Silicon yeah. Valley Bank and stuff, like that's when that was the the, the you know that was the, the catapult of so uh, of crypto from like sixteen sixteen thousand to thirty one thousand, right? Yep. In the last four months, what if uh, another? What if we start seeing more cracks? If we see more cracks in in the financial institutions that we saw earlier this year, yep. crypto will. Run again,
1: yeah,
2: and and we can get well above 40 45 What do yeah. you think? I, yeah, maybe, I, maybe that's my prediction. Maybe, maybe, maybe I B- think Bitcoin at some is... point.
1: Some point next. I don't. I don't want to put a time frame on it. I'll even go as far as to say look, next decade. I think we retouch test the highs in Bitcoin. Was that like sixty five thousand ish, yeah. somewhere around there? Yeah, I think we retest that. Maybe even go to hundred grand the next ten years. Some some way somehow it might be in a bad environment. It might be where things are really bad, like. In The economy, things like that. Yeah, it might be in really good. Like we really lower rates back down to zero percent, so everything risk free goes higher. I don't know, or, risk, or that's attached to the interest rates going lower goes higher. I don't know what it is, yeah. but something. Would would a would a would a
2: government uh, a government digital currency wreck
0: Bitcoin? Yes. yes,
1: I think that happens once it spikes though. Mm.
0: <clears throat> is that, that that's that's my no, that's always been my number one talking point against bitcoin is that you know the government can shut it down and make their own right um they can do that pretty much whenever they want and then point two is that no one does bitcoin right right now like the idea of bitcoin i'm totally behind the execution no one does it right so you shouldn't have your bitcoin on coinbase if you're really doing it right it's supposed to be you know, detach from the system. So, you know, the government or whoever can't just take your money out of your, out yeah. Of your account.
2: Yeah, like on a ledger or, right. or like mm-hmm. a, or the, like the, a the thumb drive,
1: drive, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's that's what Derek's
2: talking about.
0: Yep. And
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so I think that will happen more and more. This is my take. Over the next couple of years, the system fails us a little bit, continues to fail us a little bit. People will take their crypto and put it on the ledger more because they're scared for that Mm -hmm. scenario that means less supply out there to be traded yep less volume in high demand possibly because of what's going on out there will drive a price and that's when the higher the price of bitcoin goes the more of a threat it is to the government things like that and that's when the cbdc what you're talking about central bank digital currencies digital dollar whatever that be will get pushed more and more by the government Mm -hmm. so i think kind of like you kind of blow off tops in the market before momentum fades and you kind of get a correction you have a blow off top in crypto, and that hasn't happened yet.
2: Yep, yeah, that's true. I wonder. I wonder how like <laughs> just a really, really off the off the cuff wild card oh, is boy. NFTs. <laughs> I, I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. I wonder what. So who who I forget was it Visa? I think it was Visa. Got into the crypto game. They bought a a board ape. Mm-hmm. I wonder how they feel about that purchase <laughs> right now because <laughs> he probably. I think the guy bought it for like uh, the one of the head had, had guys i i remember him buying one i don't know who it was, did it or it was whatever. like
0: 300 grand it was 300 right grand
2: yep. you know it's probably worth 75 grand now mm-hmm. and he said like hey like this is the this is the way to do it you know like this is the the launching point there's so much community right stuff but like when everybody loses their money the community blows up no. which nft community <laughs> has just really Justin done.
1: bieber's worth like 60 grand no
2: no 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 that that's so like they said like he bought his for a million or something like that um He's got a rare one, and it's not for sale. But so someone's just saying like the average floor price that the the you know like one of the bottom ones is selling for seventy five grand. Gotcha. Um, his I don't know what he I don't he ain't gonna get a million dollars for it. I don't even know if he get five hundred grand for it, but he could get probably two fifty to four hundred grand, something like that. I I would feel if there's even a person that wants to buy it. It's that's a, that you that's, buy to thing. that's the thing. That's the thing is there's no demand <laughs> for Yeah. <them. laughs> I don't know. But no, his is not worth that because they're talking about like the non-common ones. He's got a rare one. So, and why do I know that? Don't ask
0: questions. (laughs) All right. Any other uh, wild cards before we uh, wrap this up? What about you, Derek? Uh, You know, I kind of, kind of a fourth quarter uh, earning slump recession. Something I can see. Yeah. I don't, I know all these corporations just keep adjusting their expectations, but at some point <clears throat> the convergence has to happen where people stop spending money and it and you start to see it in, in these earnings calls. Yeah, you know, I think that's probably gonna happen in the fourth quarter. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean the market's going lower because so we've seen see that un- so un- far this year.
1: Possibly unemployment spike by the end of the year.
0: That's another good one. You know, yeah, I mean we're be- at we're at three, yeah. three five, something like that. Um, it's basically full employment. And um I think we've, we've reached the step where basically everyone has paused their hiring. Now, when are we going to pass over where people are going to start reducing their staff? You know, and that comes from, you know, a couple bad earnings quarters, you know, and I, I think I think we probably will get there. Um, and, I, you know, and it's not a secret that the most of the positive news you've seen around employment, a lot of that comes from people getting second jobs. So that's obviously not good as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, something to keep an eye on. Um, <clears throat> but you cannot get away from the overall just feeling of the market. Everyone wants in. Everyone wants the market to go higher no matter what. And everyone's going to keep buying uh, any good news, whether it's true or not. <laughs> so, you know, you have to. And that's what we're trying to do here, what we've been trying to do this year. is just balance those two things.
2: A, lo- a lot of the bears have capitulated to bulls. Yeah. Mm-hmm and is that the contrarian sign of like watch watch your step. Right. And <laughs> <That's laughs> everyone's like, "Oh my god, this can't go any <laughs> this can't go any better." That's yep. that's when we need to be cautious. And luckily that's what our investment team does. They're watching this stuff um, yep. on a day-to-day to see if and when that that capitulation happens so that we can be reactive. Yep. proactive
1: proactive not reactive yeah proactive
2: that's the one
0: <laughs> there it is all right well good good work here fellas um lots of predictions sure to go i'm sure exactly right probably by the end of the year but we'll we'll check it out uh at the end do a little review i wrote wrote down some notes here uh but as always thank you for listening this week uh, if you have any questions or comments hit us up at info at swp and we will talk to you next week
1: and hope you didn't spend too much on prime day <laughs> The opinions expressed in the podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any investment, legal, financial, or tax strategy. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. Please consult a qualified professional about your individual needs.